growing skills gap, increasing cyber threats, supply chain disruption. Do these sound familiar? It's a tough industry to be in, and we're here to help. I'm your host, Caroline. And I'm your host, Doug. And you're listening to AWS Industrial Insights, the podcast for manufacturing and industrial business leaders who aren't afraid to think big. We interview executives from well-known companies to share their disruptive ideas and topics like leadership, technology, and innovation. So let's get started. Well, welcome back to episode number three of October Cybersecurity Awareness Month. So in our first episode, we learned about the differences between IT and OT security. In our second episode, we talked about how to manage so many vendors who are doing their own niche thing and making sure that you're still maintaining control and managing that control. In episode number three, today, we're really gonna focus on, you know, what does this really look like if you put this into place? Um, Your security needs in the future are likely to change from what you need today. So Robert has a great example, um, specifically focused on Enemi, talking about how you know they were able to build a base architecture, you know, that serves these needs in the future. So Robert, can you just give us a, first of all like a quick introduction on like what is Enemi um, and why is this so significant? Sure. So um, thanks for the opportunity because this is this was a, a fun exercise. Um, the International Electronics Manufacturing Initiative, it's a, it's a nonprofit. Uh, it's a whole set of um, manufacturers uh, for electronics and their suppliers um, who came together to advocate and to work together, uh, honestly, on uh, challenges that their industry faced. Um, it's the electronics industry, which means things move pretty quickly. Uh, there's a lot of uh, change from from an original provider all the way up to intermediaries, up to uh, final builders, um, lots of different questions on supply chain. And I think many of us uh, recognize that uh, during the pandemic, supply chain issues were a bit of a big deal. Um, I would say we were very fortunate that uh, the roadmap we worked on was in 2019, immediately before the pandemic. Uh, so it was a very timely um, activity and I'm, uh, uh, very happy that I had the opportunity to participate in this uh, 2019 roadmap. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit too about, you know, when you're building something from the ground up like this, like what kind of questions were you asking yourself? Like, how did you make sure that you were challenging yourself to think broadly for the future so that you wouldn't kind of like isolate this plan into limiting what's possible? Well, really broadening the plan and limiting what's possible from a security perspective uh, that's probably one of the greatest concerns I always have regarding my own thinking is, am I limiting myself? Am I somehow not thinking broadly enough, yet simultaneously within the context of either myself or Cisco, whom we work for, or the customers whom we're um, serving and trying to secure, what's actually within their scope of what they could influence? Uh, but in INEMI's case, they had nicely broken out um, certain sort of sub-verticals, if you will. They had semiconductor uh, manufacturers and, of course, their sets of suppliers. Um, they had the OSAT group, the outsourced semiconductor assembly and test entities. And then you've got the PCBA builders, printed circuit board. And then you can go forward to the contract manufacturers who are taking sets and subsets of these pieces and assembling a finished product. Um, But the point is, 
you've got a lot of different people participating here. Um, you've got fabs that are building semiconductors for multiple companies simultaneously. Um, you've got entities that are doing these tests and assemblies, again, for multiple companies' behalf. Um, and PCBAs are taking chips from multiple vendors and putting these things together. And then that PCBA in turn goes to the contract manufacturer who puts the whole thing on and then we apply some firmware on it. And please, let's hope that it works. Just think of all the different um, organizations, companies, individuals, consultants, and so forth, who are going to have touch points in the space. And it's really surprising that more things aren't lost in the process. Mm. And did you run into any challenges as you're working on this that you kind of learned from and you're like, okay, <laughs> I wish I would have known this beforehand? You know, I, I would probably say th there was my, my personal um, involvement. Uh, I'd had some involvement with semiconductor manufacturers. I'd had some personal involvement with manufacturers of the equipment that semiconductor uh, manufacturers uh, were involved with, some of whom actually embed some of our products within their uh, very expensive semiconductor equipment. Um, but uh, I had no previous uh, involvement with the OSATs um, and a limited uh, bit of involvement with the PCBA. So um, honestly, I, I felt um, uncomfortable uh, with my lack of knowledge and understanding how things got handed off with regards to a data flow, materials flow, responsibility um, across all of those handoffs um, for those for those middle two stages. So uh, you can never learn enough, uh, to be honest, because the um, anyone who wants to cause abuse doesn't feel compelled to necessarily know the whole big picture. They just need to know enough to get into uh, a particular place and um, cause whatever abuse that they're uh, targeting. So Robert, is Anemi more of a standards board or are you building architectural guidance? What is it that you're coming out with to, to help everybody as a member of this? Yeah, so it's a private it's a private organization. Uh, they're not um, driving formal standards per se. It's much more about guidance um, on giving some sorts of uh, best practices um, in also bringing people together to say, wow, we really didn't think about this particular issue because I'm in my own um, portion of this process. Uh, so not a standards organization. Um, they actively bring in experts from all over to say, hey, what's your experience? How could you help contribute to producing guidelines that our membership can make use of? Um, and that's, again, the exercise that we did uh, in 2019. And we're now starting to repeat that now um, with a target for uh, a next roadmap coming in um, 2023. What are one of those guidelines or guidances, just so people kind of know what you guys have been thinking about? Uh, sure. I mean, so some of it had to do with actually physical handoff, you know, something moving from one stage to another to make sure that's potentially not tampered with. Um, how do we ensure that you can have some kind of attestation of the authenticity? Um, and if you would, you know, the, uh, the security state of this asset that I've now taken on, 
that I'm now going to add some value to and more or less kind of put my name on it, right? I mean, we're building upon um, content upon content and component upon component, but inevitably it's my name on it when it leaves our factory and I'm held responsible for it. Uh, so that was a lot of this discussion, but in, in my area, it was mostly around data flow. It was basically saying there's a set of information that I have with regards to maybe the quality of the batch that we've produced and we push forward. Uh, if that gets into my competitor's hands, they could use that against me. Um, I may be having to forward intellectual property from some of my suppliers. It's now in my care. Hence, I'm going to be held responsible for it. Um, what are my obligations and what are the potential impacts if I lose control of that? And then plus my own value add, I'm taking all this, I'm packaging it together and I'm moving it upstream to the next stage. They're gonna do a similar process in their portion of that supply chain, add some value, make some changes, um, and then push that on. So this question of data flow, the contents, protecting it, and ensuring that perhaps someone doesn't step on my own work and potentially invalidate some protections I've built into uh, my componentry, uh, this, this was a, a significant concern for a lot of people. And it's pretty cool that you were able to start scaling this into other applications as well. Have you had to like make a lot of customizations for that or are you able to use the majority of what you've already built? So most of the best practices are universal. Um, as, as long as you stick to basics. And I, I don't, this is really one of the things that I want to emphasize in this whole series, I think, uh, regarding industrial security is there's absolutely a, a lot of unique things. There's a lot of sort of sexy components to it. But honestly, if you stick to basics, uh, chances are you're not going to go wrong. You just have to understand how to nuance those basics when faced with, you know, particular uh, verticals and environments. Uh, so I would say always coming back to the basics, making sure that, you know, the order of uh, emphasis is always we start with people, we then look at process, and then we look at technology last. Um, those concepts, if you look at this, no matter what the complexity is, um, I, I think it helps you to design a proper um, security program uh, to address what in this particular case that INEMI was dealing with um, was a fairly complex um, supply chain. Very interesting. And um, do you have any like resource links on this that we can share with the listeners in the episode blog? Um, yes, uh, certainly it's INEMI.org is the overarching org that, um, that did this work. Uh, their, the 2019 um, roadmap um, is on their site. Uh, I believe it is paywalled, however. Um, so, um, of course, they, uh, they, they need to make sure they recoup the expenses there. But there's just a lot of good general information uh, at the INEMI site. And, and again, the roadmap is um, that high-level document which says, here's the areas of emphasis. Thank you for tuning in to AWS Industrial Insights. 
you want to learn more about today's episode, head over to the blog for a list of featured resources on this topic. You can also find today's blog in the episode description and also on our website at aws.amazon.com slash industrial slash podcast.